Greetings and good day, and welcome to episode 86 of the Birds All Day podcast, uh, a mini-episode uh, featuring your host, old reliable, yours truly, Andrew Stoughton, uh, reliably showing up on a Tuesday afternoon for what is supposed to be a, uh, a Sunday night podcast. But of course, the Blue Jays were playing on Sunday night. I was there at uh, the Rogers Center, uh, losing my goddamn mind like everybody else. Uh, at Josh Donaldson's incredible mad dash home on that botched double play ball uh, from none other than Rugi Odor, uh, the human garbage uh, pile that plays second base for the Rangers. Uh, welcome. Uh, let's do this. We're in the damn ALCS. This is uh, this is. Uh, fun stuff and a huge turnaround from what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. I think the last time I did one of these solo mini episodes, uh, it was kind of Elliot Smith and bathwater and 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 the sharp knives in a in a very secure drawer kind of situation. It was not uh, it was not fun. September was not fun for Blue Jays fans. Some of us may have uh, may have suggested not to quite panic just as hard as a lot of people wanted to. Uh, but that doesn't mean that internally, uh, <laughs> we, i.e. me, i.e. I, wasn't as, you know, agonized by the whole affair as, as everybody else. Uh, yeah, what a, what an ALCS, uh, matchup we have here. This is, uh, uh, there's no Boston Red Sox, which is incredible, uh, because they are a dangerous, scary team, uh, which is to say they were a dangerous and scary team, uh, but Cleveland, uh, they of the racist mascot uh, took care of business despite their uh, depleted rotation and uh, and swept away the the, the Red Sox, uh, which is fantastic. It's good news for the Blue Jays, I think. Uh, Cleveland presents a less formidable challenge, like I say. Uh, also, good news for the Blue Jays is that they swept the Rangers. They're not playing uh, until Friday. They last played on Sunday. That's going to give guys like Josh Donaldson, whose hip is still bothering him, uh, a chance to. To heal up a little bit, Roberto Osuna, he of the <laughs> of the multiple two inning saves at this point, uh, could probably use a little break as well. Jason Grilly, same deal. Uh, the bullpen has uh, has done an incredible, incredible job, uh, and yet it always kind of feels like they're playing with fire back there. Uh, even when Osuna comes into the game, he just hasn't felt tremendously sharp uh, here. You know, in early October and. In late September, either not missing bats in kind of the same way uh, that we're used to. And yet here we are. The Jays are perfect in October. Uh, they get a chance to reset their rotation, which is something we're going to talk about. Uh, and they get to take on this Cleveland team, I believe, that I called shitty and, and took a lot of guff for that uh, from the Cleveland fans. Rightfully so, I guess. Uh <laughs> In my in my anger after the Jays pissing away games uh, against Cleveland, uh, I believe that was in August. Uh, the Jays also had that 19 inning game on Canada Day against Cleveland, which they lost. Which uh, uh, Darwin Barney, Ryan Goins ended up pitching in, uh, which was a little bit strange and was a game that the Jays should have won numerous times. Uh, and add that to the fact that they you know they had that crazy. Tyler Naquin, uh, walk-off home run, uh, inside the park home run, Dick Finger quotes, uh, that was sort of set up by a feeble Michael Saunders jump in right field, uh, where he did not field the ball, field the ball, where Melvin Upton was nowhere to be found backing him up, and when he scrambled to, to finally get to the ball, fell, uh, 
which neutralized his throw, which allowed Cleveland to win uh, a game that the Blue Jays certainly should have locked down. So when your Cleveland fan friends, who I assume exist, I don't know, does anyone care for Cleveland? Should Nobody should. Nobody should. Uh, until they change that damn mascot. But uh, the name also would be a good thing to change. Uh, but yeah, if somebody wants to gloat about Cleveland's record against the Blue Jays this year uh, when you're trying to explain to them that their team is trash, uh, point to the fact that the Jays probably should be like 7-1 and one against them or whatever the hell it is, 5. Uh, maybe not. No, I think they only played 7 games. So it doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They should be like 5-2, and 6-3 and six and three maybe i my god i can't even do basic math i'm just i'm still steamed <laughs> not the ba- basic math is really my strong suit anyway but i'm still steamed at the damn canada canada day game and that stupid naquin walk-off home run there was also i believe a jason Greeley home run that uh that turned the game around in that series as well uh so yeah, the Jays have played Cleveland very well this year. Cleveland is coming into this series, in, into the ALCS, uh, with basically a three-man rotation. They cannot, <laughs> they cannot really go uh, any deeper than that, which is, I think, an advantage for the Jays because, of course, uh, and I'm going to fuck this up. I think uh, it's Carlos Carrasco is out with the fractured hand. He will not pitch, and Danny Salazar is just coming back. He threw a live bullpen session on Monday. Uh, they hope that he's going to be able to pitch in relief at some point in the ALCS. Uh, But it does not look like he's going to be starting a game. I don't think he's pitched since the start of September, which is good for the Blue Jays, which means they have to deal with Trevor Bauer and Corey Kluber, which is no small task. Uh, They are going to have to deal with Josh Tomlin, which uh, is a fairly small task. (laughs) Tomlin's had a nice season and especially had a nice start to the season, but the Jays they tagged him for about seven, I think it's seven earned runs, earned runs in 10.1, 10 and a third, if you will. Uh, innings pitched against the Blue Jays this year. Uh, small sample, obviously, but, you know, across the board, Tomlin is not a, not a, not a terribly intimidating pitcher, not a strike coat guy, not a particularly high ground ball guy. Uh, a guy who just, you know, he's a guy. He'll, he'll do some things for you. He'll have some nice games. He'll have some dog shit games and, uh, and that's good. This is good. And then they will, uh, the Cleveland will likely turn to their best starters to Kluber and to Bauer on short rest, I guess, in order to, uh, uh, <laughs> in order to keep from having to go to a fourth starter, which at this point is Zach McAllister. I don't even know. It, uh, I guess I should be paying more attention to the ins and outs of Cleveland's, Cleveland's roster. Uh, maybe I will research some of that in between, uh, this little preamble. Uh, and, when I actually take some questions that have been sent my way on Twitter. Uh, before I do that, though, uh, I want to thank everybody who supports this podcast. The only reason that we have this podcast is through listener support via our Patreon campaign. It's at birds all, or patreon.com slash birds all day. Uh, you shoot us a couple bucks, uh, comes off your credit card every month. You don't even notice it. And, uh, and we're able to, you know, it keeps us honest and we're able to continue to make uh, this content, we're, we're able to get, you know, better sounding microphones, which, you know, I think we've, we've kind of improved some sound quality lately. Uh, hopefully, uh, that has been noticed and appreciated. Uh, but what has definitely been noticed and appreciated is your wonderful, uh, support of, of these things that we do, this thing that we do. Uh, and that's why we're doing two per week now. 
with the playoffs in high gear with the Toronto Blue Jays suddenly turned around, uh, suddenly looking like a team to be damn reckoned with. Uh, the team that we kind of all thought all year they were or should be and could be, they didn't really start looking like it until <laughs> until the Texas series, uh, which is a very small sample size, and maybe the offense goes back uh, back to sleep a little bit. But you got to feel good if you're a Blue Jays fan right now. Uh, you know, Edwin Encarnacion is a is a beast. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki has been looking terrific and better and better as the season has gone on. Josh Donaldson, I think, is getting healthier, and if he's not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, he's still finding ways to get on base. Uh, and he sure did not look like he was hampered by that hip uh, on his crazy dash to home. Uh, Jose Bautista, we saw in the Texas series, uh, still capable of doing Jose Bautista things. Uh, everything is pretty good right now. You know, the defense is looking good. Kevin Pollard out there sucking up every damn fly ball. Uh, too low at short makes you feel real good. So does Donaldson. Uh, Devin Travis may be hurt, but uh, but I mean, in terms of the position players... This is a, a really, really good team. Uh, it's a team with rotation depth. Uh, you know, we're going to talk, like I say, we're, there, there's the opportunity that the Blue Jays have to start Aaron Sanchez in game one uh, against Cleveland on regular rest. That would mean going to uh, Marco Estrada, who struggled a bit in the extra rest of the of the six-man rotation that the Blue Jays ran in, in, uh, in September. That would mean going to him for game two, most likely, and Jay Happ for game three. Maybe flip those guys around. The Jays can do uh, whatever they choose, frankly, there. Whatever uh, uh, whatever they feel suits them best and sets them up best going forward. Uh, which is why I wonder if maybe they will go to Sanchez. Uh, it's it's an opportunity to to use him. You know, I don't think they'll go one four seven with Aaron Sanchez. And and you know what? Maybe it would be a different conversation if he looked a little bit sharper. Uh, in his start on Sunday, though he still only allowed three hits, he just uh, he did not have the command. It was kind of bad Aaron Sanchez command. But uh, uh, for a guy who, for years, the knock on him was he didn't know where the ball was going. Uh, you know, he could never really harness his great stuff because that just he just was not able to locate. Uh, for a game like that to be bad, Aaron Sanchez, I think, uh, speaks volumes about how far he's come as a pitcher. Uh, and what a, an incredible weapon he is for the Blue Jays. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how they're going to go. They will probably announce the rotation. If if history is to be our guide, uh, moments after I hit publish on this damn podcast, and it will render a lot of what I say irrelevant. Uh, but at least, uh, only on that subject. Uh, it's all irrelevant, though, anyway, folks. You know that. You're all just... I'm just wishing this was Drew. Me too, frankly. Uh, he is good. Uh, I am not, but I am here. And I am here to take some of your questions, uh, which we will do uh, after a little break on Birds All Day. All right, we're back, and we're going to get into some questions here. Uh, because what the hell else am I going to do? Ramble on myself? I don't. I don't need to do that. Uh, you don't need me to do that. Uh, I will be able to do that quite ably 
uh, with a little provo- <laughs> a little provocation from some uh, some good folks on Twitter. So we'll start it up with Phil Parsons, who asks uh, if Marcus Stroman is starting Game Four. Uh, should the Blue Jays use him in relief in games one and seven? Uh, this is an interesting question, I think, because uh, Marcus Stroman is not necessarily going to start game four. Uh, and right now the bullpen uh, with Francisco Luriano not eligible uh, because the concussion protocol, I don't think he can come back until game three on Monday um, or whatever day it is. I think it's Monday. And uh, so that that leaves the bullpen a little bit depleted. So maybe there will be some temptation there to go to Marcus Stroman out of the out of the bullpen. I was kind of pushing for it, uh, you know, before the playoffs started, not to make him a fourth starter, to make him a reliever. Uh, obviously, the Blue Jays went a different direction. They went with Liriano, uh, who was obviously fantastic uh, in uh, in the wild card playing game against Baltimore. Looked terrific. Looked sharp. Uh, not quite the same when he came into that game in Texas and then got you know got clocked in the head with a ball, which uh, was a scary moment, I think, for everybody who watched, but. Uh, you know, there were good, there were good things about it too. I think everybody, I was speaking to a friend about this, you know, everybody remembers or everybody who was a fan back then remembers, uh, Kevin Mench hitting that ball off Roy Halladay's leg and breaking his leg in Texas. And I want to say 2007, 2000, I don't know what the hell year it was. Uh, but what struck me about that was that the ball basically like, hit Halliday in the leg and dropped. And all of the energy that was in that ball went into Halliday's leg, as opposed to watching the Liriano uh, incident where it glanced off his head and into center field. So that, you know, indicating, and this is, this is wholly scientific, obviously. Uh, you, you feel a little better that it, that, you know, the energy was not uh, going into, you know, his skull there. Uh, and that seems to have been the case. You know, he seems like he's passing all the tests, uh, and that he he's probably going to pitch in this series, uh, which is a, a great thing. Which is the you know his health is the most most important thing. Uh, but thinking about how you can use utilize him, uh, which is a word nobody should ever use. Use and utilize are the same. You just try to sound fancy when you use utilize. Uh, you know, I think he could be uh, an asset for the Jays as the starter in Game Four, and maybe that's the way that they should look. Maybe they should look to again. I'm going to push. Uh, the idea of Marcus Stroman going to the bullpen, even though he was fantastic, obviously, uh, when he went, well, fantastic is maybe a stretch, but he was, he was very good in the wild card game. He did everything that they asked of him, everything that he needed to do, uh, give up that one mistake home run to, uh, Mark Trumbo. But other than that, you know, six innings, two runs, you can't ask for anything more out of your pitcher. Uh, and that game was like every other game so far this October, kind of awesome. Uh, thing about the 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 Clevelands and uh, and left-handed pitching is they're they're they are good against left-handed pitching. They have some guys who can hit lefties well. Uh, Brandon Geyer is uh, you know a lefty masher who they brought in uh, at the trade deadline or late in the season who has been uh, who, who's been very good for them in that regard. Uh, Jose Ramirez is uh, this is why you know this is why I called the Indians that eh, shouldn't even call them that. Uh, I called Cleveland shitty. Uh, after the after that loss in August is because you go through the lineup and you're like these names really these guys these guys are are a, a lineup that present a tough out uh, all the way through it uh, and yeah that seems to be the case they have been they've been very good but you know Jose Ramirez is their next best regular against left-handed pitching as his uh, weighted runs created plus in the split is 127 
that's good. That's a guy you don't want to face. Mike Napoli, we we are familiar with. Uh, he's been around for years. Coco Crisp, Tyler Naquin, who's a lefty, but has hit lefties well. Same with Jason Kipnis. Uh, but, you know, across the board, the you know, those are uh, Crisp, Naquin, Kipnis. Those are all uh, 115 to 110 weighted runs created plus in that split. That's good. That's above average for sure. Uh, but I think the, the, the team is much more dangerous, uh, against right-handed pitching. Carlos Santana has been tremendous. He's good from both sides of the plate, but, uh, but especially as a lefty against right-handed pitching has been very good. Naquin is a lefty and his, uh, he's the guy and I'll just, I'll skip ahead, I guess, to a question that somebody asked uh, that several people asked, which was, uh, who is the guy who's going to, to frustrate Jays fans and drive Jays fans nuts, uh, in the way that we talked about. Uh, Rugi Odor last year in the uh, the ALDS, uh, I think it's Naquin because to me he's a guy who just sort of maybe it's my fault for not paying enough attention to Cleveland, uh, but he's a guy who kind of came out of nowhere uh, and has just had a tremendous tremendous season. He hasn't really even been there the whole year, but uh, but he's come up and he's been huge for them. Uh, 138 is his weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching. That's a good hitter. That's a guy you don't really want to face. And he's a guy who, you know, his success baffles me a little bit, uh, probably because he's playing in Cleveland and I haven't really had that much opportunity or need to think about him or who he is or why he exists or what he does at the plate. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a moment like that guy. That's the guy that's beating us. And yeah, he's, uh, He's going to do all right. But yeah, so uh, I guess to the basic point to get back to the first question from Phil here uh, about right-handed, uh, about Marcus Stroman going into the bullpen for games one and seven. I don't know that I would say it would go that way, but I'm still very intrigued at the idea of uh, of giving Francisco Liriano a uh, start against this team uh, just because it is indeed a team that has uh, some lefty hitters, some guys who struggle against lefties, uh, and some guys who, uh, you know, Santana, who is a, you know, a switch hitter, Lindor, uh, both very good hitters from the left side this year, not as much from the right side. So maybe that gives the Jays an advantage with that. But by doing so, they take a left-hander out of the bullpen. And that also assumes that Liriano is going to be okay, which uh, everything so far is pointing in the positive direction. But we don't know that entirely for sure yet. And obviously, you don't want to rush somebody back from a concussion. That is a serious thing. You don't. You, you know, you hate to think about it this way, but you don't know what a guy's going to do in a, in a game, how he's going to feel getting back on the mound for the first time, especially that soon afterwards, uh, after a scary incident like that. Uh, it's a pretty high stakes game to be bringing in a starter uh, in that sort of situation. Then again, they bring him in out of the bullpen. Same kind of deal. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm still for Marcus Stroman uh, going to the bullpen. Uh, I would like to, you know, have another lefty back there. I think Liriano would be nice, but I like the idea of starting him. The fact that he can't be used in the bullpen for the first couple games anyway because of the concussion protocol and because of the fact that uh, he's not eligible to play until game three uh, adds to the fact that Stroman could be used out of the bullpen, I think. Uh, and like I said, like I've been saying all along since the start of the playoffs, if you look at pitcher usage in last year's playoffs, the top relievers are getting used just as much as the number four starter. I mean, Ari Dickey, the Jays went into the, went six games deep in the ALCS last year. Dickey pitched twice. He, he had two starts, uh, which is not many, which is not many opportunities to help your team. And when you're Marcus Stroman, I think, uh, I think you can be better utilized uh, pitching more often and in higher stakes situations 
given the fact that the Blue Jays have a nice, deep rotation. Uh, quite the opposite of Cleveland's, which is very top-heavy and very good at the top. Trevor Bauer, has does, his overall numbers don't look as great, but he's been uh, very strong, especially down the stretch and in the second half. Uh, Corey Kluber, obviously amazing. Uh, Tomlin, we've discussed. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a different setup that the Blue Jays have, and with the way that their bullpen looks right now, I don't know. That's what I would do. Would I... Would it shock me if the Blue Jays did that? No, but do I think they're going to? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I wouldn't. I didn't think they were going to give Stroman the start in the play-in game either. So, who knows? Who knows? Uh, only John Gibbons and Ross Atkins and Pete Walker and all those guys, Dane Johnson, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, moving on. Let's move on. Uh, Siege four twenty at Siege four twenty. I think uh, that's how I'm supposed to pronounce that. Uh, Asks, what does Cleveland and Toronto both being in the ALCS say about Mark Shapiro and about all the people who said Shapiro was doing a bad job? Uh, I don't know how many people actually said Shapiro was doing a bad job. I know there was obviously a lot of anger uh, when he first came in and the golden boy Alex had been taken away and we weren't really supposed to think about uh, all the reasons why that might have uh, have transpired and, and you know, uh, not to go on too much of a tangent about stale news like that but uh, uh my favorite thing in that whole saga was was uh, i don't know if it was shapiro himself but somewhere someone said that alex had said you know this isn't i think it was shapiro said this isn't fair to either of us uh and maybe it's just best that we move on and i, I think that's i think that's probably ultimately all that it really was uh and you know i, I don't know that people thought shapiro was doing a bad job like i say uh, uh they weren't happy with the HAP contract, obviously, every move was under a microscope. There were certain people, certain writers, uh, certain parts of the media that were very, uh, how should I put this delicately, that, were, that, that didn't discourage people from being angry about it. Uh, I had a tangent, and I want to avoid doing this, but I had a tangent about the David Price contract and whether or not he was offered a contract and whether that's relevant uh, in a piece over the weekend, uh, you know, that was one of those instances where just a little bit of context from the media conveying this information would have gone a long way. You know, you, you have to ask yourself, uh, what what does it mean that he wasn't offered a contract? Does that mean that they didn't understand the market? Does it mean that they failed in some way, that they didn't know what it would take to get him? that they didn't look at the possibilities in front of them and make the choice that best fit the financial resources that they had. Uh, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that they didn't formally offer him a contract or they didn't say, hey, here's our number. Will you come play for our team? Because of course they didn't because that number was way south of what Boston was paying. So, I mean, unless you can demonstrate a failure, uh, it's not a story. It's not a story at all. And... Uh, and it was allowed to become a bigger story in the context of, in the broader context of, of the venom and the poisonous atmosphere in the fan base at that time. So Shapiro definitely got off on a bad foot, uh, but I still don't know that anybody thought he was doing a bad job. They just, you know, wanted to act like he'd just run over their dog, basically. Uh, what does this say? What does the fact that it's Cleveland and Toronto in the ALCS say about uh, Shapiro, does this, is this vindication for him? I don't know, because this is sort of a hybrid team. This isn't entirely his vision. Uh, 
you know, he's not even the general manager, let's be clear. You know, Ross Atkins is, though Shapiro obviously has a ton of input. He was not the general manager in Cleveland either. Chris Antonetti is. Uh, and Shapiro would have said, Shapiro did say last uh, December, you know, that was a guy who had a lot of autonomy uh, because autonomy was a big question uh, when he came in and Alex Anthopoulos left. Um, so how much do you credit Shapiro with Cleveland's success? How much do you credit him with Toronto's success? I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's not a bad look for him, you know. Uh, Cleveland is a well-run organization, a well-respected organization, one that, uh, you know, you're seeing executives being hired not just here, but in Minnesota and other cities. Uh, people want guys who come out of that front office, who understand that culture, and, and, and I think for good reason. One of the reasons is uh, that they're a small market, and so I think it's easier to poach guys out of a front office like that. Uh, but when you're offering a big promotion, then you can pretty much get anyone from anywhere. Uh, I think so. Maybe that's less than I, than, than maybe I was overstating it a touch, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you say? I mean, this has been a great season for the Blue Jays. It's been a great season for Cleveland. Uh, the Blue Jays still have a lot of heavy lifting to do, I think, in terms of setting themselves up for the next, uh, the, the next few years. Uh, they obviously depleted a lot of their prospect stock, or their the top end of it at least, with the trades uh, that they made in 2015. They have a lot of free agents coming up. I don't know if you've heard about that. Uh, Cleveland seems well positioned. They're cheap. They're, they're you know their their contracts are cheap. They don't have uh, uh, you know they have that great pitching staff. They have Michael Brantley has not even been a factor this year. Uh, you know they 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 are well run uh, and and a team to be reckoned with. Uh, but my God, why are we talking about 2017 and beyond? Uh, because, oh my God, we're in the ALCS. This is fantastic. And that Cleveland team, as good as they're set up going forward for you know throughout the years, uh, are in a tough spot without Carrasco and without Salazar, at least in terms of the starting rotation. Uh, Eric Quité asks, uh, who's the Blue Jays' best third outfielder, and why is it Ezekiel Carrera? Zeke's thunder. Loving Zeke right now. Uh, can't believe I'm saying that, but that's the kind of a that's kind of the thing that happens on championship caliber teams or teams that make great runs in the postseason. Uh, guys, I mean, I hate to use the phrase "step up" because it's not like it's not like he wasn't trying before. Uh, but you get great performances out of guys who are unsung and guys who manage to come through in ways that uh that you don't expect of them and i think uh, ezekiel carrera has been a great weapon for the jays obviously uh we've said before on here drew and i and i, I think i've said as well on on you know various radio hits if you've ever listened to some of the stuff i do there it, it's it, i feel wrong uh talking about it in this sense but you know he's a guy who can bunt he's a guy who can uh can bunt for a base hit uh someone at the bottom of the order where when you're playing these games where uh you're not necessarily always playing for the big inning. You are managing like it's the seventh game of the World Series sometimes because maybe it is going to be the seventh inning of the world or seventh game of the World Series at some point for this team. Uh, it's nice to have a guy who brings that different dimension. He's been good in the outfield. Uh, and God knows Melvin Upton and Michael Saunders have their flaws out there, and so does Jose Bautista. Uh, so to have Zeke in the outfield, I think, has been. Uh, has been an asset for them as well, though he's not always out, you know, always out there. Uh, or is he? I don't even know anymore. He's he's become an integral part of this team, uh, and he's going to be around for a while. Apparently, you know, I think he's he he's. Uh, I'm 
got team control because who the hell <laughs> who the hell had Zeke in the damn major leagues before? And I don't think he has a lot of service time. Uh, but he's showing that he's a valuable asset to this team and uh, uh, hopefully he sticks around and hopefully uh, it continues because, yeah, I mean, they've they've been very good with him in this lineup. I was joking about Alcides uh, uh, Escobar, who was leading off for Kansas City last year despite having like a 280 on base because, you know, he's garbage. Uh, but yet he kept, you know, making things happen. Even when he wasn't making things happen, he, you know, he would have a bad game but still would have a key at bat to lead off an inning and cause havoc for the Blue Jays. Um, maybe this is our guy like that. I don't know. I don't know. These, you know, when you look at small samples and, and little runs of baseball, uh, all sorts of weird things happen. Uh, I don't think Ezekiel Carrera has suddenly blossomed into a star player, but uh, I love what he's doing. I want to keep seeing it happen. You know, it's uh, it's been a great few weeks. Jacob Roth, and he's one of many, who asks, uh, if Scott Feldman must be on the roster, would you prefer Dalton Pompey over Justin Smoke? Uh, I should have thought of this more, I guess, but I, you know, I think you need, I think you need a backup first baseman there. I don't know if that you, I don't need that you can carry six infielders. I'm sure, or sorry, outfielders. I'm sure somebody. Uh, I mean, you know, the rosterbation stuff. This is a bit of a cop out because I just I, my eyes glaze over. Sometimes looking at looking at it because I mean really we're arguing about the the back of the roster. It is important. It is. It's not like it's unimportant, but uh, I don't know. I like the idea of Dalton Pompey as a uh, as a pinch runner. I don't like the idea of Scott Feldman being in the bullpen, especially. Uh, especially, you know, they're not going to use him. And if you, uh, if you have Liriano or if you have Marcus Stroman back there as guys who can give you multiple innings, I. I don't know. I don't. I don't need Feldman to be there. Uh, I don't particularly need Smoke to be there either. I would love to see Pompey uh, have the ability to get on this team, but uh, with Devin Travis hurting, you obviously need to have Ryan Goins in there. Um, and yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. The roster is. Uh, I. I just. I can't be bothered to argue. Uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to disagree, I can't be bothered to argue about the 25th spot on the roster. Um, whatever. They'll make one decision and it will be okay. And on that (laughs) sort of down note, I think that's it. I think that's, that's all the questions I want to ask. I've been rambling for much too long. Uh, it should be a terrific series. Uh, Drew and I will be back before the start of the series to set this up properly with someone who knows what the hell he's talking about. Under you know, i.e., Drew, not me. Uh, which should be good. We'll be back on Thursday. Game one is on Friday. Uh, get to Cleveland. It's uh, it's not a it's not a long drive. And the Blue Jays fans travel well. I know it's a different thing in the playoffs. I know that I can speak to, from personal experience that playoff baseball gets damn expensive real fast. Uh, but it comes about once a year. Uh, and sometimes, but once every 20 years. So, so, I mean, you got to enjoy it while it lasts. And and this has been terrific. It's been a terrific, uh, little cherry on top of a season that felt like it was maybe sort of spinning out of control and, and, you know, everything would just end badly. And this would be, uh, you know, just, just, it would just all fray at the seams and, and, you know, the free agents would go their separate ways and the team would start to think about getting younger and, 
and you know John Gibbons might be gone or might not be gone and and you know you had all these big questions and all these questions with not particularly fun answers uh that we were staring at at the end of September as this team sort of threatened to to be one and done or you know to not even make the playoffs at all uh and so this has been a gift this has been <laughs> buck showalter has given us a wonderful wonderful gift so has rugi odor uh and that is so so deliciously perfect uh what can you what can you even say i mean it, it's not like last year it's a year with higher expectations last year was uh, you know we were not no one was satisfied with not winning but you had the you had the return to the playoffs you had the atmosphere you were there for the games you had the bat flip it was what baseball's supposed to be. It's what winning is supposed to be, even if they didn't quite accomplish uh, their main goal. This year, the expectations were so much higher uh, that just getting there wasn't going to be enough. You know, I I would have had to make some logical twists in order to sell it as a as a successful season, which I think would have been fair. I think it would have been a successful season no matter what happened. If they'd lost in that game against the Orioles, uh, I think the Blue Jays still would have had a successful season. But thank fuck we do not have to argue about that and that they are still going uh it's great it's really great and to see guys like josh donaldson starting to look a little healthier guys starting to you know actually hit their stride in mid-october really starting to feel it with the bat i mean giddy up that's that's tremendous it's really tremendous um i would not want to be the team that has to play these blue jays i mean cleveland it's going to give them a fight, I am sure. Cleveland certainly could beat them. It's baseball. You know, you're never you're never more than 60-40 to win basically. Um but yeah, how fun would will this be? This will be tremendous. Win this, get to raise another banner, but there's that one banner left that we really want. Got uh you got the Cubs looking great in the National League obviously. But like I say, anything can happen, and and you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves. But you feel pretty good if you if you manage to get to Kluber or Bauer in one of those games on the road. You come home for three straight. You're taking home field advantage away. You're gonna be sitting pretty. It's uh, it's all there for the taking. And for the first time since you know late August, it feels like this is a team capable of going out and taking it. How crazy would that be? How terrific would that be? Let's do it. We will talk to you again next time on Birds All Day.